Congratulations! You found it! The most inappropriate book club you never knew you were missing. Starring the original book divas, Martha Steele, Vonnie Golden, and Nicole Shaded. Also featuring book nerd, Jessica Butcher. And special guest, Alyssa Mann, the queen of romance. These people are passionate about books, maybe a little too passionate. Plotting world domination, one book at a time. They are three book girls. Typing out these podcast episodes. Makes you want to throw something at the wall? At myself because I need to take better notes. And I don't take better notes. I take notes enough to remind me of what the episodes are about, but not enough to actually type it out onto something. And the reason that you're doing that, of course, is because you're adding all that information to our brand spanking new website. Right. It's so to, exciting. Up to episode 70. Jessica is now on the on the episodes a lot, actually. But I don't think you've been on yet. I don't think I didn't come around to like 80 or 90, I okay. think. So I'm almost, yeah. I'm almost to January of the second year that we were around. I'm, I'm in, um, I'm almost to our December episodes. Oh, okay. Is where I'm at. Just, you know. So then in future, you'll be able to go to our website and look to see what the title of the books are and which one of us read it. Right. And that way, if you remember that I reviewed it, then you can go and see. And if I wasn't so OCD, I could start with, you know, our current episodes, but I don't want to do that because all the back episodes aren't in there. And then it's just cattywampus and I just can't have that. Well, you want to do the harder part first. The older stuff is harder. Right. Because I have to interpret my notes, which... Right. Because stuff from like two years ago would be really hard to remember as opposed to what happened last week. (laughs) What happened last week? (laughs) We couldn't stop laughing. uh, But also just in theory, it's easier to remember something from last week than two years ago. I apologize, Alyssa. I totally just (laughs) jacked up your review last week. I don't know what my problem was. I was so feeling so silly. I thought it was funny when I listened to it. I was try. I, <laughs> I, I did too. People are going to think that I intentionally sabotage your reviews, which I do not do. There was a couple times that I had to make myself not laugh out loud at work when I was listening to it. It was we pretty were so hilarious. silly last week. It was pretty hilarious. <laughs> I think I just took a silly pill beforehand or something. You would think I'd been drinking wine or something. I mean, you're absolutely right. Herpes has nothing to do with Victorian... <laughs> Romance novels. It absolutely does not. Syphilis, I can see. That also has not come up. Well, it should. <laughs> the time period is right. That was in that one book that we read, um, The Anatomist Apprentice. Yes. Mm-hmm. No, it was the second one of that. No, it was The Anatomist was Apprentice. It? it was the first one. Oh, but it was so gross. I think it was the second one. No, it was the first one. Where he's injecting this... himself with syphilis to what watch his fuck? nose fall off or some shit like that. This, it was the first one. The second one had the giant and the dwarf. Oh, yeah. Those were good. Yeah, someone injected their nose with syphilis to make it fall off. So or was it something else that fell off? I don't remember, but it was super gross. I don't remember. Yeah. Mm-mm. Yeah. It was I'm na- out. It was nasty. <laughs> that sounds weird. It was. But you know I like them weird. <laughs> uh, that's why they call me the queen of weird. They were good books, and there was a little bit of a romance going on. So I think almost every book that you read has just a little bit in it. Yes, but generally, one that has romance as the front as the front story 
they're not going to talk about syphilis and herpes because it's kind of a mood killer. A little bit. STDs are a serious concern, girls. And if you're, you know, thinking of a significant other and somebody in your life, you want to know if they're clean. Well, yeah, it's a serious concern, but it's not exactly romance to talk about. In the real world, yes. Those are things that you need to address before the romance continues very far into your dating life. But in a romance novel and a make-believe world, you are not going to, at least the author is not going to write that part. Do they talk about prehistoric condoms in any of your books? In in any of your... I mean, not prehistoric, but like 200 years ago. I mean, like, you know, not prehistoric, but like, you know... I don't know what they were made of, but it's super gross. Assorted animal organs, like sheep's bladders were a big one. Mm -hmm. Did they talk about that? Also, they were reusable. Oh, yeah. Depending on how historically accurate. Yeah, it depends how historically accurate they are. It just depends. I'm just curious. There was one of the books that I read. She was working for a butcher and she was in part of the book. She was she was making the condom to have sex with her boss in the cooler. That's a- So like she made the condom <gasps> so that he could use it to have sex with like right immediately, like right that's away. Weird for, that's weird. Super disgusting. Nope. That was not a romance, was it? Well, no. There's other stuff happening. No, it wasn't really a romance. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> you know, birth control, condoms, those important things in life. I mean, m- I would say 97% of the historical romances I read, they have sex, they're going to get married. Oh, yeah. Because remember, it was a bigger deal then. Yeah. 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 They're not a bunch of heathens like us. Right. In the modern age. All my friends are heathens. Take it slow. This was before Tinder. (laughs) Pre-Tinder. Swipe right. Swipe right. (laughs) I don't know anything about Tinder. But I mean, to be fair, they had a shit ton of parties to see if they were willing to marry each other. They'd just be like, go mingle. Pair off. Yeah. Get married. Unless you were rich and then your family set it up. I think there was a lot that went on that nobody talked about. There absolutely was, but... I'm more interested in that. You're more interested in that? Yeah. I'm going to find you a romance novel with that, and I'm going to make you read it. God, I'm already doing llama books. And I'll read a weird thing that you make me read. I will. I will trade this. I will read something real weird that I'm not into, and I'm going to make you read a romance novel. It sounds like a New Year's resolution in the making. Everybody switch a book, and you have to read the one that the person gives you. So what's your least favorite genre? Westerns. Well, I don't read Westerns, so that's not fair. I mean, you asked. Can pick another one. But romance is my least favorite. Um, Probably sci-fi involving space. Okay. Specifically. There's some sci-fi I like, but I do not give two shits about space. Hmm. <laughs> I'll have to think about that. Mm-hmm. We'll both ruminate on that. We will. Maybe, maybe when we get to the first of the year after we're done reading all of our October and, you know, our new 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 yes. Year's resolutions. Because I still have five llama books to read over you here. You haven't read any of them? No, because they're so awful. We talked just... about llama books the first time I came on this podcast. Did you look at the... I'm procrastinating. The book riot list that had I did, llama and books? about 90% of them are children's books. So I'm going to children's books at this point. I mean, a book I'm is a book. I'm not reading The Last Chance Llama Ranch. I just won't. I bought it, but I'm not reading it. Why? What's it about? It's a romance novel. <gasps> Please read it. Oh no. my God, it's going to be so silly. I don't 
want to read it. It's killing me even thinking about it. <laughs> and the other one, it, I can't remember what the other one is called, but it's on that list. I bought two of them from Amazon. There are two romance and llama novels. Yes. I, I don't mean, know if the other one is. As fast as you read, why can you not just, you know, <sighs> pound them out and. Because there's so many other things I want to read. Kind of like be the wingman who takes the less attractive girl on the Tinder I app. am the less attractive girl. <laughs> I've been the less attractive girl my whole life. Look at this nose. Come on now. Please. You always look so much better than me when we do these podcasts. It's because I spend an hour spackling makeup on my face so that I don't look like a freaking skinny troll. I curl my hair five minutes before she shows up, and I'm like, I guess I'll throw a curl in here. This morning, I took my hair out of the bun I put it in and then put some dry shampoo in it and called it a day. I was like, oh, it's fine today. It's because both of you are naturally beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. You Thanks. only see me when I'm put together. If you saw me when I wasn't put together, it's like the difference between a female serial killer and somebody you don't mind looking at. Like, you I don't mean, want to see the female serial killer here. It's it's bad. <laughs> it's like Charlize Theron <laughs> times ten thousand to the to the negative. You can really tell that this is a Sunday morning recording. I mean, I was up very late last night. <laughs> We're so much funnier when we when we do a Friday night podcast because we have all day to wake up. That's very true. And be all funny and shit. Sunday mornings just are not funny. It's like having a, it's like doing a Monday morning podcast would be. A lot of people listen to this podcast on a Monday morning, though. Yeah, because they need, they need to get up and to, go. To what wake is this up? saying to, to those people? Saying we're just like them in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> wake up. No. Yeah, I'm not a morning person. <laughs> I'm not ready for boots yet. It's too hot. I'm only wearing boots because I couldn't be bothered to tie shoes. I need to find my. I need to find my uh, my van. I didn't want to find socks. And also, I uh, I fucked up my calf, and so I'm supposed to be wearing shoes with more support. Yeah, well, these these flip flops are pretty fucking comfortable. Well, my flip flops are the most expensive pair of flip flops I've ever owned in my life. I mean, I'm embarrassed to say how much I paid for them. My record is five dollars. So, oh, I'm not even going to tell you what I paid for these. <laughs> I'm not even going to tell you. And that was expensive for flip-flops because they were on clearance at Target last, like, winter. They're really, really comfortable. See all those little divots and stuff in them? I know. That's where your feet go. Yeah. Pretty fucking awesome, man. (laughs) When you get old, you spend too much money on shoes. Sometimes you sound like an elementary teacher (laughs) when you're talking. Yes, because that's where your feet go. (laughs) Well done. Do we know where your nose is? I have two eyes. <laughs> One, two. Almost like a kindergarten teacher. The oh, my God. Uh, that would be horrible. This turned into a Sesame Street episode. It did. <laughs> a. Can you spell Apple? Feet? F-E-E-T. Good job. Martha, the you're so smart. The is I F. know. Like you. feet. Oh, yeah. F- like fucking feet. Yes. All right, I did put my jacket on. So. Sorry. Didn't mean to keep making fun of you, but it was too hilarious. <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> See, this is why we're old women. You know, we bicker. We're like those 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 Muppets in the, you know, those two mu- two old men Muppets that are up in the... They're hilarious. They were my favorite characters. Mine too. See, this is Love what them. we are. We are them. Weren't they like birds or Get something? Get a job, people! No, they're two old men. I don't know who they are. Do you, did you watch the, the Muppets? 
They like sat up in the audience. Google it. You happen to be Nicole yeah. today, Alyssa. The Muppets weren't on anymore. Just go. When I oh, was a shut kid. up. But they still had Google specials, Muppet didn't they? Men. <laughs> are you sure you are? At least you can see the picture. Those don't ring a bell. I guess they are old men. I'm thinking of the the one dude who was a bald eagle that was on the Muppets. Oh, I'm thinking of. yeah. Dylan looked like that when he was a kid because like, he was always pissed off. A child looked like we a bald him, eagle? We called him Eagle Brow. Wikipedia has this list of things he is and his species <laughs> is Muppet bald eagle. His gender is male. His occupation is political commentator as though a Muppet can hold an occupation <laughs> because they're real. You mean they're not real? Love Wikipedia. Also, specifically, My his nationality is American. Man, now I want to know if they've done this for he's all of the Muppets. He's an eagle. Of course See he's American. See if they American. do Kermit. I don't know what Kermit did for a living. <laughs> what? Occupation, entertainer, stage manager, show producer. Well. His nationality is also American. He's not an amphibian? Come on. It says now. Muppet Frog or in Sam and Friends, he was a Muppet Lizard. I don't know what that oh, is. Oh, dear. I think it's time to talk about books. Oh, Nicole it was just early got back from show. Mexico, so she should be back. Well, she will be back because the next time you hear us, it will be at our event. So Nicole Ooh. will be back from Mexico and she can tell us all about Chichen Itza. Oh, her pictures are so pretty and I'm so jealous I'm because so jealous. it was pouring rain. When you were when looking she, at them? When I was looking at them, I was like, Which is why we didn't sun. record on a Friday night, because it was flooding here. Because we got all six inches of rain we should have had in the month, all in one day. So We did indeed. Mm. My ukulele lesson got canceled, too, because he was flooded in. Yeah. He was mm-hmm. like, you can't get here at all. Yeah, <laughs> so they had so come. many roads closed. So many roads closed. Uh, all the roads around me were closed. So because Mustang floods. I have a picture. Did you see? I did. Did you show her a picture of my um, parking lot? No. I can now hear the squeak. What was that? It sounded, it sounded like, like mice. It sounded like mice or a bird or something. It's my chair. Um, Robbie said something about it. She kept saying something about a squeak. And then I could never understand what she was talking about. And so I sat in this chair the other day and it was quiet in here and I heard it. So I was like, oh, that's what Robbie was talking about. <laughs> if I can get it to do it again. I'm wiggling my ass. It's not working. <laughs> Maybe right. you don't have enough ass yep. to make it squeak. I think that's probably part of the problem. <laughs> sometimes we have you gotta, established sometimes you I have, have to no have a little and no ass. I have to have a little motion in the ocean. Mm. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Review your fucking book, would you please? God. Like what I reviewed this week was like, like, oh my God. Oh my God. You will so not believe awesome. this Totally awesome book. That's like, a great really? segue. Is I it? approve. Yeah, do that. <laughs> it's called The Tattooist of Auschwitz because, you know, it's World War II. And it's about a gentleman from Slavia who went to Auschwitz. And I guess Slavia didn't rebel against the German. They cooperated. So they kind of did what the Germans said. And the Germans told all of the families that they had to send one of their sons to work for Germany. But what they actually did was send them all to Auschwitz to work in the concentration camps. Oh, how do you read the most depressing books? And it wasn't even just the males in the family. It was one of your children. So some of them were female, some of them were male, and they sent them all to Auschwitz. And this this book changed my 
perspective on Auschwitz because before now I thought that all of the t- concentration camps were extremely segregated between the males and the females. I didn't understand that some of the jobs and some of the privileged jobs that they had for the prisoners meant that they get to intermingle. Oh. And, and that was an interesting fact for me to find out because I've read a lot of books about concentration camps and this is the first time that I've read one that's a romance that happens at a concentration camp. It's a camp. romance at a concentration camp? Yes. God, two strikes and you're out. Well, I knew you wouldn't like it. I actually was thinking more of Alyssa when I read this book. The main character, Lolly, mm-hmm. who's from Slovakia, he goes to Auschwitz instead of his brother because his brother is married and has children. So he decides to go. But this is when he thinks he's going just to work and not as a prisoner at the concentration camps. And so, of course, you know, the beginning is bad because they put him on the cattle carts and they don't have food or water for, you know, or very little food or water for two days and yada yada show up at Auschwitz. They, you know, shave all the Did you just yada yada Auschwitz? Yes. You just yada yada Auschwitz. Yes. Well, just because everyone knows that this is what happened, if they've listened to any of my reviews in the, in the past, once he arrives, he's put in one of the regular rooms and given, you know, the very minimal rations and so on and so forth. And then they discover that he can speak like five or six different languages. And that's helpful to the Nazi guards because they can't understand what a lot of these prisoners are saying because they don't speak the languages. And he speaks German and Russian and um, Slovakian, I guess it would be, and Yiddish because he's Jewish. And I can't remember what other languages he speaks, but it's helpful. So they put him in a privileged position, which gives him better accommodations to live in and extra rations. And they make him the person who tattoos the numbers on the prisoners as they come into the concentration camp, which is not a very good position because you are, you know, marking up or I I can't think of the right word, but. Um, the prisoners, you're making permanent marks. And I think in the Jewish culture, the um, tattoos are <clears throat> like a sin. I don't think you're allowed to get tattooed in that. I, I think I remember somebody telling me that one time. Nicole, Google that shit. <laughs> so he's doing... It's not Nicole, by the way. It's Alyssa. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. She's going to have a complex by the time the day's over. You dog her review last week. You're calling her the wrong name today. But anyway, so he has this job that makes him unpopular. But to kind of combat that, because he's a very nice person and he's very empathetic to the rest of the prisoners, he takes his extra rations and hides them and then gives them to some of the other people who aren't getting enough to eat or who are sick. Well, when he's doing this and he has this job... He meets this girl named Gita. And even though she's bald and wearing striped pajamas that are dirty, and I think they're actually Russian uniforms they give him to wear, he immediately just falls in love with her. So then he starts taking a lot of his extra rations and giving them 
to her and her roommates. They all live in the same. Yeah. I, I don't want to say cell because it's not really a cell, but bunkhouse, whatever it is. So he gives starts giving them extra rations. And because he's privileged and he has access to a lot of the areas that other prisoners don't, he can actually talk to some of the civilian workers that come in from Germany and like to build different things. Like, for instance, the ones that he's talking to is building the crematoriums for Auschwitz. But what he does is he trades things with these people who have access to the outside for things that they need. Like one of the prisoners gets sick and he, you know, does it to get medicine. He does it to get chocolate. It's really about him and Gita's romance through this concentration camp and about him surviving the concentration camp and and everything else. But it was a really good story and it gave me a different look at the concentration camps. Not that they weren't horrible, but this was actually a little bit better of a concentration camp story than some of the other ones I've read because it wasn't it was pretty horrific but not as horrific as some of them that the focus was a little different right and that Mm -hmm. could be why and this is um, based on a true story and at the end the author talks about Lolly who is a real person oh and some other children of concentration camp survivors about things that happened in the concentration camp to get his story. So this is actually based on true people in a real situation, which I kind of wondered that when I was reading it, because when I read it and I was kind of like, I don't think that has really happened in concentration camps. So of course it's You me. had to look it up. So I yeah. stopped and looked <laughs> it up and then I discovered that it was based on a true story because I had put this on hold so long ago that I didn't remember whether or not it was based on a true story. I do that all the time. I don't even remember why I put it on hold in the first place. Yeah, well, I knew why I did because it's, you know. Because it says Auschwitz in the title. It's Auschwitz, it's World War II, and heaven forbid I read something that isn't war-related or extremely depressing and going to make you want to drink the whole bottle of wine that you have in the refrigerator. Yeah, we really even each other out, Vani. <laughs> A lot of ruling on tattoos. Okay. Okay. What's the ruling? So, um, this rabbi who has written for Huffington Post says it depends. Okay. So it's not. So it's not encouraged. But that's um, the modern view. Especially, yes. Well, I'm having a hard time saying what what was the view specifically during World War II. Okay. And it really, this actually says that there is no blanket prohibition because. One of the problems they worked around was survivors of Nazi concentration camps whose arms were branded because the question that like a lot of kids going through confirmation is, is if you get a tattoo, you know, can you still be buried in a Jewish cemetery? Oh, Um, But so it doesn't stop you from being interred in a Jewish cemetery when you die. However, it's not encouraged. Now I want to learn more about it. Gotcha. Okay. Well, what I heard was that if you had a tattoo, you could not be buried in a Jewish cemetery. Well, maybe prior what, to that, that might have been. Yeah. Remember cool. I told you yes. that when I used to walk with some coworkers and we walked around the graveyard? Uh-huh. Well, part of the graveyard is a Jewish, there's a section that's uh-huh. Jewish because <coughs> their their laws are so different. Mm-hmm. And so they're all they're in not one embal- section. They're not embalmed. And it's somebody. That's against their rules. Oh, I, I didn't know that. Autopsies, embalming, all that. 
but somebody so. told me that when we were walking past because you know me i'm like why is that section separate why don't they have any of this why don't i know this and so they were telling me some of the rules well maybe some of our jewish listeners if we have any can tell us what the details yeah. are on the tattoo thing chime in let us know because that yeah. is i did not google that when i was <clears throat> i just kind of went off of what um, the one person had told me. And I don't even remember who told me that, to tell you the truth. Hmm. I don't want to say too much because I don't want to give stuff away. But it was a very good read. The writing was good. And it was The Tattooist of Auschwitz by Heather Morris. And I would recommend it if you are a fan of World War II novels, read it. But it is more of a relationshipy kind of book. So if you just want details on the war, don't read this. Okay, Alyssa. We're going to do a 180. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to get some whiplash here. Yes. Um, I read a historical romance again this week. Um, I'm getting into a groove with them. Also, there are a bunch of them that I bought that I'm trying to cross off stuff I'm trying to read by the end of the year, which is looking like it won't happen. But <laughs> you got to try. Yes. This week, I am reviewing Blame It on the Duke by Lenora Bell. And I had not heard of her before this. And this is actually something I picked up at the Friends of the Oklahoma City Public Library Book Fair. Love Yay. the book sale. Yes. I'd been looking at it and I was like, it's time. Let's do this. So um, this is a historical romance novel. However, it's following a trend of kind of modernization of historical romance novels. So when you get started in like the 90s, um, I mean, they're not good. They're pretty rapey. Which is mm -hmm. not great. The 1890s? No, the 90s of now. Oh. Like modern day romances? Yes, modern day romances. I novels. see. Okay. Yes. Okay. So kind of rapey and questionable. I have a hard time reading really early ones. Um, and then in the middle, they got better. But now there's this trend of kind of, they have more modern themes. And some of the language is a little more modern and casual, I would say. Um, I don't know how I feel about it. I think I would recommend this book in the end, but I'm not sure how I feel about it. So this book starts, um, and our heroine, Alice, is very smart. She doesn't really want to get married. The book starts with her convincing a suitor not to marry her, mm. which is admirable. Yeah, I mean, that's actually girl, pretty... Girl, it. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty modern, too, though. Yeah. Um, but so... This book is a twist on the trope where a lot of times, like, a girl's father will have bet her in, like, a gambling game of some kind, and then she has to become the bride of this other dude. But this book flips it, and so this duke gambles away his son to Alice's dad so that Alice can marry him because her parents knew nobility. So, like, mm -hmm. some obscure relative died and didn't have any heirs. And so, like, they were the next people In who are going to become nobility. So her parents are obsessed with her marrying someone with a good name because their older son went off and married an opera singer and got her pregnant, um, which was pretty scandalous mm. at the time. Um, so I really liked that there was a twist on that trope because that's not usually the direction it goes. Um, and so they're supposed to get married. They're not really fans of each other because um, they're being forced to get married and... Who wants that? Right. But um, they do figure out that this will serve both of their needs. She wants to go and have an adventure in India. And he wants to be left to his own devices and continue to uh, just sleep through all the women in London, basically. 
So he's a and player. Like, yeah. But so they're like, cool. They address this right up front. They're like, so they have a contract drawn up. And it's like, he has to let her go to India and have her fun adventure. And she's just going to let him stay and do whatever he wants. Yeah. So it's a good plan, I think. But... <laughs> But something has to go awry for this to be a good story. Of course things go awry. So they get married. And as it turns out, the reason that he wants to be left alone is that and he's carousing through all of London is because uh, he's worried that he will go mad because his his family has a history. All of the men in his family go mad. And his dad already has. He thinks that orchids talk to him. Because he loves plants. Um, he gets really confused a lot, which is how he ended up accidentally gambling away his son to another human being. Um, that was really interesting because they don't talk a lot about mental health in historical romance novels. No. Um, so it was really interesting to kind of not hear about it, but to see maybe older perspectives. To see on it woven into a, a non traditional setting. Yeah. Yeah, it was really good. Um, I thought that that part of the book was really well done. Um, But so they plan on going their separate ways within like a month or two, because that's when her boat sails, because people weren't just going to India willy nilly. Mm -hmm. Because you had to take a boat all the way around to Africa. Yeah. Which is long. Yes. Which is very long. There was no like, people weren't doing this journey by land. Right. And this time by any means. Yes. And it was dangerous. But within the month. They fall in love. Because of course they do. Why would they not? I mean, right? They're married now, and also it's a romance novel. Have you ever um, watched the Alice in Wonderland, the first one that they had that had um, Johnny Depp as the Mad Hatter? I've seen like half of it, I And think. Alice was that little bitty skinny blonde chick. Yeah, Mia. Ooh, ooh, her <laughs> last name is hard. Mm-hmm. Well, in the end of it, she um, is going to sail to India. Oh, cool. It just kind of made me think. I was going to say, is there a connection there? <laughs> yes, Sorry. there was. I was just waiting for it. Her parents all. were trying to marry her off to this yeah, dude. Yeah, remember that. Remember that, that yeah. at the beginning? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and she didn't want to marry him was the whole reason why she went down the rabbit hole. And Fair. when she came back, she told her dad that she <coughs> wanted to take over his, you know, trading, his shipping trading company. And then she was sailing to India. It just made me think of that because the main character oh. is Alice, and oh, that is, huh. and she went she went to India, and this one is Alice, and she went to India. Sorry, that was just my mind goes weird places sometimes. Go ahead. <laughs> at least it wasn't. At, le- at, at least, least it I wasn't herpes. Yeah, this time. I didn't go That's to true. STDs. <laughs> I was thinking about it the whole time, though. I was thinking about it. <laughs> Actually, I was thinking, is he secretly gay? <laughs> no, mm. not in this one. Mm. Okay. <laughs> um, but it was a pretty good book. I'm really on the fence about it. I don't want to tell too much more because there are a couple little twists in this one. But I recommend it, but it definitely wasn't my favorite thing I've ever read. Um, Sometimes we need those, though. Yeah, I was like, all right, this was fine. I read it. I'm not mad I read it. But yeah, it was pretty good. Some people would probably like it more than me. So that was Blame It on the Duke by Lenora Bell. Awesome. awesome. Now, I was sitting here thinking when you said that you have to do a 180 to get to yours for mine. Uh-huh. Um, if Martha reviews anything like what she usually reviews, I think it's a 180 all the way around. 
Because <laughs> we're going from historical sadness to historical romance. To historical fantasy. Exactly. <gasps> really? Yes, Ooh. I know. That's kind of out out of the way for me because I haven't I haven't reviewed a fantasy novel in a long time. You have not. It's history day on the podcast. It is. <gasps> I knew. Who knew? I, w- I was not going to review this. If we had done the podcast on Friday, I couldn't have done it. Because you didn't finish. Because I didn't have it finished because it was actually a hard copy, mm. which I rarely read anymore because it takes... Longer for me to read it. Well, it doesn't take longer for me to read it. It's just that I rarely get a chance to sit down and read. I can't mm-hmm. take it places, which makes it hard. Yeah. Um, it's just I'm busy, you know, and, and the audiobooks are a lot easier to consume because of that. Um, it doesn't take me long to read them once I actually sit down and try to read them. This was quite long. Uh, I guess I should start out by telling you what it is. Please, because it's very difficult to listen to the podcast and know which book you're talking about. She says after listening to 70 different (laughs) episodes to try to figure out what titles and artists are. Okay. It's called The Name of the Wind, in parentheses, The Kingkiller Chronicle, number one, by Patrick Rothfuss. Now that's a tongue twister. Yes. And I do believe that Nicole's Travis, I'm pretty sure that's the one he told me to read. Ooh. Awesome. Because that's one of his favorites. And I I just wasn't in the romance, or not the romance, I just wasn't in the fantasy mood for the longest time. Now I understand, because yeah. this is the first war book that I've read in probably a month. Well, this because is, I mean, sometimes it, it's you been almost need... a year since I read mm-hmm. this sometimes kind of a, a fantasy break. novel. From the time I was very young, it, fantasy novels were pretty much my go-to. Lord of the Rings started it all off for me. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite novels and trilogies of all time. And it really feels like home to me. Mm-hmm. Let's see, how did I do this? We were in full circle books the other day. No, I was in full circle books by myself because Bonnie was still at work and I was trying to kill some time before the podcast. So I went to full circle books and I was looking around and and I saw that there and I thought, I think that's the one Travis talks about. So I picked it up. And I started just reading the first page and it just grabbed me because it felt like that Lord of the Rings type feeling. Mm-hmm. So what I did is I bought the book from Full Circle and then I went home and used an Audible credit on it because I thought, OK, when I'm not reading it at home, listen to the- I can listen to the audio. Well, I tried that and I did not like the audio. I don't know what it is. There are some books that just don't translate. Mm-hmm. And I feel bad because there are so many books that I pass by because I don't like the audio the audio on it. Because I just don't have the time. With as many books as I read, I just don't have the time. Mm-hmm. But I'm so glad that I picked up the hard copy of this book because I really, really loved it. This book is what fantasy novels should be. The beginning of it doesn't spend a lot of time on unfamiliar names and places. Um, It doesn't put you off immediately by not knowing the inside joke, which to me is what all of those unfamiliar names and places does. It, It puts you off your center. It's hard to acclimate to the world when they do that, in my opinion. Because at the core, a book is about the people. Just because they happen to be in another place doesn't mean that they're not good characters. 
So I liked that part about this very much. I mean, you, you, get, you could tell that it was a fantasy novel just based on the beginning because it takes place in an inn. So you know it's not current times. The main character is, you can tell he has a past because he's got this fiery red hair and he's just a bigger than life, larger than life type of character. And almost right away, this chronicler, basically a reporter of olden times, comes in the door and recognizes him. And he's like, no, 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 you must be mistaken I'm just this guy, innkeeper, not that guy, king killer. Because this, evidently this dude is really legendary. And I'm thinking, oh, you're legendary. But the cool thing about this book is you're not automatically thrust into this world of a swashbuckling dude who goes forth and saves the maiden. You get the story from the beginning about what happened to this guy to make him who he is. So in the very beginning, you find out that he was the child of an acting troupe and he was there with his family camping in the woods when he goes off in search of something in the woods and is screwing around and gets lost and this and that. But when he comes back, his entire family and everybody in the camp is dead. Ooh. But he has no idea why. But the people that did it are still there. So he sees them, knows who they are, but escapes. So it's the story of this boy and all of the things that happened to him after the fact. Well, this book doesn't go through the whole thing. It gets through the point where he's in university and comes into contact again with this group of people almost right at the end. But all the stuff that happens in between is so fascinating. And you really, the character is the main focus. And it's kind of like somebody saw me reading it and said, oh, that's like Harry Potter for adults. And it kind of is. It falls into that sort of category because he's in a magic university. But instead of being in a magical university, it's more science-based, mm. which is one of the reasons that it felt more real. Mm -hmm. It explains things scientifically with the twist, which okay. I found really cool. And I pr pretty much was on even keel with it and, you know, enjoying it immensely, but not expecting any surprises. When five pages from the end, it just absolutely hit me in the face with a shovel. Wow. Ooh. And I was, if the bookstore had been open, I would have gone and purchased the next book. I was going to just say, yeah, was there when we're done here, I want to go by full circle and buy number two. Because I already know that the audio is not going to do it for me. It just doesn't have that feel at all. Um, and I think it's just sometimes seeing the words on the page is what I need. And I'm not, the Kindle just doesn't fly. Sometimes you just got to have the book. So. Anyway, that was a, a really, really, really fucking great fantasy novel. I loved it so much. It kind of gave me that feeling of home, feeling of centered that I really, really needed in my life right now. Something totally in another world, but yet believable that I kind of needed. So it's called The Name of the Wind 
by Patrick Rothfuss, number one in the King Killer Chronicle. I think I'm going to read that. It was really, really good. really good. It was. And of course, there's a little bit of a, a romantic thing in there because, of course, there's a girl that he sees and, you know. Yeah. Yeah. There's He's got to save that. her later. That's always that for um, any kind of book that's about real people has a little bit of that in it. But it's not the main focus of his life. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I can't wait to find out what's going to happen next. It's killing me. It's too bad it's October because I'm going to have to start reading horror novels. Actually, I've already read a bunch of horror novels, so I'm kind of ready for our first couple of episodes in October. I'm really scared of mine. I bought it, and now it's just sitting in there. What are you reading? It's lurking. <laughs> it's lurking because it knows I'm going to read it, and I'm scared. Because <laughs> watched a bunch of horror movies with a friend on Friday because we'd been meaning to, and it was pouring. So, so what so did you terrifying. buy? What's your... I will be reading The Little Stranger by Sarah Waters oh. and because they just made it a movie with Donald Gleason, who I really like. Um, That's interesting. Yeah. So wait I'm, to see what it's a period piece. Uh, so cool. Period piece horror is slightly more removed. <laughs> You're absolutely right. It from is current it day. Totally so it's is. like this can't if this happened, it already happened. I mean, it <laughs> ghosts aren't real. But if ghosts were real, this happened in the past. So it's fine. <laughs> it's very scary. We watched The Conjuring 1 and 2 on Friday night. And those are pretty scary. I, yeah. Well, we watched them because I'm in love with Patrick Wilson and I'll watch anything he's in. The problem uh. is, is he's in a shit ton of horror movies. Huh. Uh, so I watched them with a friend of mine and I'd seen the first one, but not the second one. And so she'd forgotten where a specific jump scare was. And it scared me so bad. I screamed. I was going to say, did you pee your pants a little? No, but I did scream. When we were drinking, I was like, this is either going to make it worse or better. And it was neither. Just like my body wasn't tense anymore, but I was just as scared. <laughs> All right. Scary shit. So the next time you hear our voices, we will be in a public place drinking beer. Oh, my God. Or champagne for those of us who can't have beer. You're going to have to bring that. Full Circle Books sells champagne. Do they? Yeah. They have wine, too. Yeah, they have champagne and wine. I just like champagne because I don't buy it for myself ever. Wow. Yeah. Mind blown. All right. So that's the next time you'll see us. Now, you'll be able to look. Go look at. Did I share that on our Facebook page? I don't think I did. I'm Um, looking at Patrick Wilson. Sorry. Oh, what? (laughs) He's so pretty. He can sing. Mm. Well, I was. He can act. I need to. I want to look at different. But what I was going to say is that I will share a picture on our Facebook page of the really cool bookmarks that Bonnie made the other day. We were trying to think of things that we could put in our mugs to give away. Mm -hmm. So it would be like a little package that you win. Um, So Bonnie made some little bookmarks and I made the only thing I know how to make, which is those wrap rings. And Excellent. we're gonna we're gonna put all that stuff together and uh, do some little drawings and stuff. I need to remember remind me to look and see if I still have those tickets, the tear tickets. Oh, okay. When did we have those? PTO. Oh, that was a long time ago. <laughs> that was when uh, Dylan Ooh. and Tyler were in third grade, I think. But I think wow, I, yeah, yeah. And, and, and like Dylan turns now. Dylan, <laughs> Dylan turns twenty. 
next on week? On the 27th, yeah. yeah. My baby turns 20. <laughs> so anyway, we hope to see you at Full Circle Books on Saturday night, the 29th. And uh, we're very excited about that. It's going to be awesomely fun. At what time? Oh, seven. Seven to nine. As we wind down our day, Alyssa needs to go home and have a nap. Yes, I do. Because you look like <laughs> you are a little sleepy from your little shenanigans last night. Yeah. So I went to a concert last night um, and it was for the younger crowd. And <laughs> so there was an opener and we were like, cool, we don't know who that is, but whatever. Super excited. So the first act comes on and we were like, oh, OK, that was better than I thought it was going to be. Excellent. What so was the, it? I don't remember the kid's name. Uh, Oh, okay. It wasn't Machine Gun Kelly, was it? Well, that was so... There was an opener before that one? Yes. So that's why we were confused. Oh, because I don't because know who Machine Gun Kelly no is. Because we have no idea who Machine Gun Kelly is. And so we're like, well, oh, this is cool. This was fine. And so then the stage goes dark and they're like, you know, setting up for the next person or whatever. And we were like, Ball Up Boy's coming. It's almost here. And then <laughs> he comes out and on the back was like Machine Gun Kelly. And we were like, is that not who that was? Yes. <laughs> What's happening? And then the world around us just explodes with teenage girls screaming. Oh, my goodness. And there were so many flashing lights. <laughs> and we couldn't hear each other. So we were like texting each other and showing each other our words. <laughs> and Alyssa, you're so young. Oh, my God. What would have happened if I had used my tickets? Well, oh you God. wanted me to come with you. I know. You it was like, very it was overwhelming. Fall, it was a fallout boy concert. And I, love and I had out tickets. Boy. I had to give my tickets away at one of my remotes yesterday because I didn't have anybody to go with me. I think the problem is, is so they were big when I was a teenager. <laughs> so in like 2004 to like 2009, they were massive and then they kind of went away and then they came back and now they're a thing again. And so it's like a mix between like people who are 15 years old <laughs> And then those of us who are like above the age of 25. Oh my God, it's so loud in here. At one point, I don't know where they went. So during the first opener, he was a super talented kid. Don't know his name. But like these girls were next to us. I thought the girl was going to elbow me in the face. Like that's how intense her dancing was. I was so, I was like, oh my God. But then they left and never came back. So they were only there for the first... They were only there for the first one. And so I went back and looked. And as it turns out, the concert was, in fact, titled Fall Out Boy with Machine Gun Kelly. And in very tiny words, with special guest. Oh, and special guest was the one they were there for. They didn't even name him. so depressing. He had a really good voice, too. Hmm. Like, yeah. But so we were really old. We complained pretty much up until Fall Out Boy started playing. <laughs> I don't know who this boy is. We were just is, like, there should be a seizure warning. And then like at one point I was like, the only word I understood from that song was bitch. <laughs> and look, I appreciate anyone who can talk as fast as I can because he was rapping very fast. But I was like, he was rapping this is very fast. Not. My Come on, thing. give it a shot, Alyssa. <laughs> no. Wrap us out, girl. I got nothing. <laughs> and, and this is a concert you wanted me to go to. Well, dude, Fall Out I, Boy was great. I Patrick wanted Stump's to do, voice. That's is what insane. I wanted to see because you know we play Fall Out Boy on the radio station I work for. Yes, and I love Fall Out Boy. I, do I don't too. listen I was to the ready radio for station. Mid-2000s yeah, which is why Vonnie wouldn't go with alt me. rock, and that is not what I got for the opener. <laughs> I listen to more classic stuff. 
hair bands. She's a hair band girl. I mean, they're not bad. Rock, rock. For sure. I love Fall Out Boy. Me too. Last night, and I'd never Sing seen them before. Sing us a little before. bit, Alyssa. Sing us out. <laughs> All right. I guess that's going to do it for Three Book Girls. Can't get enough of Three Book Girls? Join the conversation on Facebook and follow them on Twitter and Instagram. If you really love them, share the podcast with a friend. Three Book Girls, a Steel Trap production.